today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com. And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Eleventh chapter of the book of Romans, Paul is dealing with Israel's stumbling. And the question has to be asked, why did Israel stumble over Christ being their Messiah? If you'll go to John chapter 11 to start with tonight, I want to show you something here, probably Most of you know this, but maybe perhaps you've not seen this before. John chapter 11. This took place immediately right after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. One of the great miracles that Jesus performed. Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. And when he came to the tomb and said, roll away the stone... They told him, you know, what are you doing? By now he, he's stinking, Lord, you don't want to do that. He said, roll away the stone, and he called Lazarus forth. And in John chapter 11, verse 45, the Bible says, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priest and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And there you have it right there. These Jewish leaders were afraid that they were going to lose their position of power over the people. And the same problem that was then is the same problem we've got today. People want to rule the roost. You got people in the church that want to run everything. You've got some pastors that want to dictate and run everything. And that's not the way it is supposed to be. But these leaders, they counseled together how they could get rid of of Jesus. And the Bible says in verse 53 that they, from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. And they chose death by crucifixion. Because according to Deuteronomy 21, verse 23, he that is hanged upon a tree is cursed of God. And in their minds, if Jesus was the Son of God, 
then surely God wouldn't curse his own son. At least that was in their thinking. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 23, he said, We preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, it's foolishness. The Jews stumbled over God cursing his own son. But God didn't curse Jesus. He was made a curse for us. If you will, go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And verse 13, Paul dealt with this. God did not curse Jesus Christ. However, he was made a curse for us. Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, the leaders of Israel had Rome to crucify Christ, thinking that this would surely put an end to this threat of them losing their place and position. The end result of it was they lost it all anyway in 70 A.D., when the Romans came in and destroyed everything and the Jews were scattered all over the world, what ones were allowed to live. And Paul said in Romans chapter 11, verse 11, and we'll pick it up there tonight, Romans chapter 11, verse 11, I say then have they, speaking of Israel, have they stumbled that they should fall? Israel's stumbling wasn't to the extent of a fall to where they'll never rise again. Uh, the scriptures are full of prophecy concerning how Israel will one day be restored. And that's the reason why Paul said, God forbid. However, for now, Israel has been set aside. On the day that Jesus was crucified, Pilate said, I'm innocent of the blood of this just man. And the people turned around and said, His blood be on us and on our children. And Israel, the people of Israel, have suffered like no other nation in the world has. And I think it can all be traced back to that day when Jesus was crucified. Romans 11, verse 11 again, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Israel in, in the Old Testament was the light of the world. But due to them rejecting Christ, God had no choice but to turn to the Gentiles. And now... The church is the light of the world, and it is our responsibility to take the gospel to the world. For to provoke them to jealousy, latter part of verse 11, God blesses the efforts of the church in spreading the gospel. And those blessings are meant to provoke Israel to jealousy. In other words, God intends for them to look at the blessings of the church and say, hey, God's blessed them because they're right. 
and hopefully that Israel would come around and, and get saved. Verse 12, Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Uh, this verse just simply means that Israel's rejection of Christ didn't stop the gospel from coming to the rest of the world. And then he said in verse 13, For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. It was God that placed Paul in this high position of apostle. And he is the apostle to the Gentiles. And it's an office that the apostle Paul did not take lightly. And in looking at this, verse 13, I speak to you Gentiles. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul, and he's pointing right at the Gentiles. That's you and I. When I saw that, it just jumped out at me, and just out of curiosity, I looked in the Greek to find out what the Greek word for Gentiles is, and the Greek word is ethnos, and it's where we get our English word ethnicity or races. So, in other words, the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying, I'm speaking to you, races other than Jews. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. And there is a wall of hostility and animosity that has greatly divided mankind. And it is that wall of racism. But the gospel unites all people everywhere, no matter what their culture is, no matter what uh, their social status may be. The gospel unites us all. If you will, go to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to look at some things here. And I tell you, when you see that word Gentiles now in the New Testament, if you'll just remember that the word Gentiles is ethnos, ethnicities, races. And notice the Holy Spirit didn't say, you Hispanics, or you Japanese, or you Chinese. He didn't break it all down. He just pointed to one group, Gentiles, which is races, all of us. So the Holy Spirit sees no difference in any of us. Although we see a difference on the outside, the Holy Spirit sees no difference. He just points the finger at us, Gentiles. Uh, Ephesians 2, move down, if you will, to verse 11. Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. In other words, uh, the Gentiles were not a part of the covenant of circumcision that God made with Israel under the Old Testament. Verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. That at that time, that's referring to the time before the cross. But he said there in verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes afar off, 
are made nigh by the blood of Christ. It makes no difference what the race is. Whether we're Jew or Gentile races, it makes no difference. God only sees two races of people. Those who are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and those who are not. That's it. Now, we break it down into different categories, but God breaks it down into two. You either saved or you ain't. And that's the bottom line. Verse 14. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of petition between us. Due to what Jesus did at Calvary, that wall of petition between the Jews and the Gentiles, ethnicities, races, all races, that wall has been broken down. The gospel has broken down that wall of racism that exists in all of mankind, and he makes us all one. The gospel makes us all one, at least those who believe. So this explosion of racism that we see here in America today is because of one of two things. Either the people have not heard the true gospel, or either they have heard it and they have rejected it, one or the other. But either way, the gospel is still the answer to the problem of racism that's in this country. Verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the enmity that existed between God and man, as well as the enmity that exists between man and man. The enmity has been abolished in Christ. Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, that pertains to Jesus living a perfect life, keeping the law of God perfectly, never sinning one time. For to make in himself of twain, that's both the Jews and the Gentiles, all races, one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. It makes no difference what the race, whether it's Jew or Gentile, we're all one in Christ when we place our faith in his finished work. Verse 17, And came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that are nigh. This proclaims the Apostle Paul preaching one message to everybody, no matter what the race is. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. That just simply means that God's people should be one big happy family. Amen? We should all be one great big happy family. Verse 20, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, the office of apostle, that is a New Testament office. The office of the prophet is an Old Testament office. 
Both of these were founded on the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ himself. All right, if you will, go back to Romans chapter 11 again. Verse 13, Romans 11, verse 13, For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office, if by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, and might save some of them. During the Old Testament, and especially during the time of Solomon's reign, the Gentile world looked at that wealth, became jealous, and they came from all over the world to Jerusalem to see what it was that made Israel so great. The Apostle Paul is hoping that this same process that worked during the Old Testament He's hoping now it's going to work in reverse because God is blessing the Gentile church and he's hoping that Israel is going to look at how God is blessing the Gentiles and that they'll become jealous and inquire of us. And then it gives us an opportunity to share the gospel with them and perhaps some of them will get saved. Verse 15, Romans chapter 11, verse 15. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world. Now this presents God um, setting Israel aside for now and using the church to get the gospel message out. What shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Now this presents Israel as being spiritually dead now because they've rejected Christ. But in the not too distant future, they will accept Christ as their Savior and it's going to be like a resurrection for them. Verse 16, for if the first fruit be holy, look at that, if the first fruit be holy. The nation of Israel started out with Abraham. He was a Syrian. He wasn't Jewish. How many of you knew that? Abraham wasn't Jewish. He was the beginning of what would become the Jewish people. Abraham was a Gentile. He was a Syrian. He was an idol worshiper. He made idols to the moon god Ur. And somehow God spoke to Abraham. We don't know exactly how he did it. Uh, some seem to think that it was Shem, one of Noah's son, that perhaps witnessed to him and shared with him Jehovah God. And he inquired of that and got in a relationship with God. But however uh, that happened, his relationship with God had to be strong. Because when God spoke to him to just up and leave everything you've ever known, to leave the comforts of the city life, and to go out here not knowing where you're going and to live in a tent, for the rest of your life, that voice had to be mighty convincing. And the Bible tells us that Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. 
For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 28 verse 14 that through him and his seed the families of the earth would be blessed. So the nation of Israel, the lump, was set apart for the holy purpose of giving to the world the word of God and to serve as the womb for the Messiah. Verse 17, and if some of the branches be broken off, that refers to the Jews who rejected Christ. And I want you to notice there that it says some, and if some of the branches, it didn't say all of them, there's still a remnant of branches left, which means that God's plan has not come to an end. God's plan is still going to be carried out because there is a remnant. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, all the Gentiles who believe in Christ, we've been grafted into that tree. Our roots are in Judaism. And with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. In other words, the same blessings that God promised to Israel can now be our blessing. Think of that. The same blessing that God promised Israel can be our blessing. He said in verse 18, Boast not against the branches. In other words, the church has not replaced Israel in the plan of God. We've only been added to it. We've been included into God's plan. And we don't have anything to brag about or boast about. In other words, we really don't bring anything to the table when you get right down to it. We're not God's first choice. We're second choice. We need to know that. We need to understand that. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. In other words, Paul is setting the church straight here. And he's simply saying that we're not replacing Israel and carrying forth the plan of God. The plan of God is what has been brought forth through Israel. And it's God's plan that is carrying us. It's not us carrying out God's plan, but it's God's plan through Israel that's carrying us. And as Paul is trying to set us straight here on this. Verse 19. Thou wilt say then the branches were broken off that it might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. And like I said, the church needs to know and understand that the branches were not broken off to make room for the church. They were broken off because of their unbelief. They rejected Christ. And we're not to be high-minded, uh, thinking that we're grafted in because of our own merits, good works, or whatever the case. The 
only way that we're even a part of this tree is because of Christ and our faith in his finished work. And we're told here to fear. Why? And if you look at verse 21, For if God spared not the natural branches, Israel, take heed lest he also spare not thee. And this is a warning to the church that if the church goes the same way that Israel did in rejecting Christ and what he did at the cross, then the church will be cut off exactly as Israel was cut off. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.